Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm Gina. And I'm Evo. Happy Friday, Evo. Happy Friday, Gina. I really just want to jump into this conversation because I'm kind of excited to talk about it because of the inspiration of where it came from. Okay. Of course, this conversation was sparked from something. Thus, why we are called Spark Talk Fridays. I was driving home from a job day before yesterday, I think it was, or I don't know, it may have been earlier in the week, and I was listening to a podcast, which is basically, I feel like, all that I do if I'm not reading or watching TV. And um, I was recommended a podcast from a person that I was working with, and it's called We Do Hard Things, because I'm always looking for other female podcasters. So she recommended this podcast to me. So I'm a die-hard Michelle Obama like I fangirl, fangirl hard for her. So they're, one of their interviews in like the first couple episodes was with Michelle Obama. So I immediately press play. So I'm listening to the podcast and this one portion of the podcast jumps out to me. And it was when Michelle starts talking about the compromise between her and Barack in their relationship. Because in Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, which I read, this is another reason why I wanted to talk about this. She talks about some of the huge sacrifices that she made in her relationship when it came to Obama wanting to be the president of the United States. And, you know, he was also a senator before that. Basically, his political career. She put her career on really pause in order to support him. And it wasn't really something that she aspire to do with her overall future as you're saying that i'm sitting here thinking i'm like yeah she had to make a couple sacrifices we all do yeah anyway (laughs) saying it lightly like no like that's like one that's like the one person that has to make like the most sacrifice ever uh would be the first lady yes Um, so yeah so before she was the first lady you know she was a a successful lawyer um also worked at some really great she left a corporation. She was like the head, the, the head of a corporation. I don't want to get into yeah. too much. Yeah, I remember you were telling me about this. But like she, she had, a, she had she, like a really yeah, successful life. Her, yeah. So yeah. she put a lot on pause for her husband. So the interviewer then asked her, "What are some of the sacrifices that Barack has made for your relationship?" And then Michelle went into this whole thing about how um, she kind of listed a lot of the sacrifices that Barack has made for their relationship. But the one thing that jumped out at me right away was, she goes, you know, when people saw us as, you know, president and the first lady of the United States, they always saw us at our best. And she goes, I want to share when some of the things that Barack and I go through when we're at our worst. And that immediately spark something in me because I know as long as we have been together many people have told us that we are relationship goals that they look at our relationship and they wish to aspire to have something the way that we do because when they see us on social media when we're hanging out with them they see the best of us so I thought that it would be great for us to have a conversation about the best of our relationship and the worst of our relationship. Well, some of the best and some of the worst. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, not all yeah, of it. I don't think we're going like all the way to like the worst, worst and the yeah. best, best, are we? No. No, we're, no. no. We're, we're going to highlight some of like, you know, obviously some Thank of the you. good moments. And uh, we're going to speak about some of the bad moments. And I think it's important to point these things out because, you know, in social media, what you get is just highlights of people's lives. And you're, you're 
most people don't realize that they're they're looking at something that's not entirely true. Um, you know, there's a saying that goes, you know, when you look at something, there's two versions. There's your version, there's their version, or three versions, right? Your version, their version, and then the truth. Uh, so we want to speak a little truth. We want to bring a little light to the wholeness of our relationship just to, you know, give people some insight on some of the things that are hard to deal with that also involve or consist of having a healthy and strong relationship. Yeah. You know, um, it's the balance of a relationship. It's you can't have one without the other. Right. So if you have a strong relationship, if you have something that that you feel is something that you admire. Right. It's shining high in a pinnacle. There's a balance to that. Right. There's a there's something else on the other side that's keeping that thing where it is. And so the question is, what is it? What does that look like? What is the opposite of what you're seeing that brought what you're seeing into light? Where did yeah. it come from? Yeah. And so <clears throat> I think it's important to discuss these things so that people have a, um, a clear, a clearer picture of some of the things that people don't normally see in a relationship. Yeah, I have. There are many times that we post things on social media and people will message me and say how much they love us and how great we are. So I one of our models for this podcast is to be relatable. It's so important for us to provide a message to our audience where they can understand that we're just like them going through a lot of the same struggles. We just choose to do things a certain way that get us to where that yeah. we are. So let's start off with the worst. Yeah, okay. So when you and I started discussing this topic, I immediately knew what was one of the one one of the things that I thought was one of the worst things about us when it came to our relationship and it was when we've gotten into arguments in the past or disagreements we have then given each other the silent treatment. Mm. Yep, we're definitely guilty of that. And so you know what's so okay so what is what is so bad about that right like what is yeah. what are the what are the um the consequences of doing that to your relationship well first and foremost it allows for your relationship to become disconnected yeah if agree. you're not sharing intimacy with your partner and i don't mean intimacy in a way that a lot of people regard intimacy such as like you know sexual interaction i just mean like communication having intimate moments with each other because not only where would we give each other the silent treatment we would also kind of remain kind of distant from each other just to avoid having conversation and so then that then gave us this disconnect as a couple and we were we would function as people who knew each other and loved each other, but we kept a distance from each so other. It would, be, it would be like it would be like like wildly civil, right? Like we were yeah. just we were just. I'm like, you want to eat dinner? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, well, did Ava have breakfast? Yeah. Did she do her homework? Did she shower? Yeah, it was like we were just kind of we would just function um, in our spaces, but it was just like. Nothing but coldness between us. Yeah. And when I say the silent treatment, I mean, this would go on for several days. Yeah. It wasn't, there were moments in our relationship or times in our relationship where this went on for a week. Oh, I, I think that's the result of putting a Capricorn and a Taurus in a room, right? Oh, 
god not to get into astrology but you got like this stubborn ass bull and this like goat that is just like okay you want to um you want to be stubborn i'm just gonna go to the top of this mountain come see me when you're ready you know meanwhile like you know i'm down there on the ground level just you know blowing steam out my nose and kicking dirt around and you know Pushing bay haze or whatever bay, what do you call those bay rolls? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, like bushels of hay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just making shit up. Whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever bulls do, right? But they're just you know stubborn and and tough and and you know and just full of strength. And I think that when we when we get in those situations, we those characteristics they come out of us. Yeah, and they show very strong. And it's honestly one of the most surprising things because. In my past relationships, if I implemented that tactic, I usually had the upper hand because my past partners couldn't hold on as long as yeah. I did until uh, enter Evo, where we are equally matched in this toxic behavior because that's what it is. Um, it really drove a wedge between us. Yeah. But I think on the flip side of that, because one of the one of the What's the word I'm looking for? One of the things that can happen when you are applying this type of treatment to your partner is you can then have a destabilization in your communication overall because you're withdrawing yourself from communication. You're withdrawing yourself from sharing your emotions. You're withdrawing yourself from finding a resolution. So then maybe when you come around to it, because that's not even to say that when you do come around to speaking again, that you're going to resolve what started the silent treatment to begin with. You just may go from being civil and it just kind of yeah. finding some normalcy. So there are many couples that don't find their way back from that. And then it starts to dissolve their ability to communicate. But I think for us, um, I'm happy to say that I think and correct me if I'm wrong, I actually don't think that it's done that to us, but we have made a pact to no longer do that to each other, that no matter how hard it may feel for one of us, one of us has to step up and say, okay, what are we doing here? Yeah, you're, you're like kind of coming in and out. Oh, sorry. That's all right. Um, so what do you suggest is like a viable solution, something that you can recommend to somebody? If somebody... Let's just say somebody was going through something like this and they really were at their wits ends and they didn't kind of know. They were like frustrated and didn't understand or know where to take this in their relationship. They really cared about their partner, but always found themselves in a similar situation like the one that you're you're speaking about Mm -hmm. and didn't know what to do. What would you recommend? That's a good question, because I'm only going to be I'm only going to be able to answer that based off of our own experience. Absolutely. And if I'm going to recommend anything, it's going to ask a question. You want to inquire to your partner, and maybe not in the moment when this is happening, once you've come out of it. Try to figure out why you and your partner are doing this to each other because I I firmly believe that it's rooted in something. And I can tell you right now, for me, it was a power thing. I felt like I was pulling a power card, like you're going to come to me. You're going to understand that the argument, I felt like I was right. I was trying to prove a point. And if your partner is willing to be honest with you as to why it is that they are using this tactic against you, then you can find a solution as to how you can resolve it and not 
choose to use that anymore when you're having a disagreement yeah because if you don't understand where it's coming from then how can you apply a solution yeah yeah and i'd say add to that i think that i think that if you see yourself in a in a situation where you're have maybe you've gone a day or two or three or four or five a whole ass fucking week week. (laughs) um where you haven't spoken to your partner a great way to break the ice is to approach your partner, and this in 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 doing so doesn't necessarily mean that you're coming to them first, but just coming to them and saying, you know, like something something along the line. So, hey, I just want to get an understanding of what's your premise for us not speaking to each other right now, because obviously yeah. we're not talking, right? And it's not so it's not really like you saying, hey, I want to speak, I want to talk, but just kind of making them come out and say what it is that they're standing on. Mm. And that itself can start the conversation, you know. Uh, we have done that many We've times, d- and, and, and so that's the. This, I'm giving an example of something that you've done to me before. That's why I'm like this, and it always works because it always it, it starts the conversation. Now I'm gonna. And that's what I mean. I, that's what I mean by ask a question because um, I can't tell you how many times we have done that with each other, and then we have figured out that we have totally two. Yeah. We have totally two different perceptions of what it was we were arguing about to begin with. He may have one feeling. I have a totally different feeling. Which is usually the case. Yes, and our perception is so skewed as to why we are we were angry to begin with. And then once we hear each other out as to why, like you said, standing on that, yeah. we're like, oh, man, yeah. I can't believe I did that shit. And I don't know about you, but um, I'm just going to say this. That was one of the deepest feelings how I knew I wanted to marry you and be with you and I loved you as much as I do is because even in those moments of silence and us not speaking, inside I was like literally dying because I wanted to seek a solution so badly. But my ego wasn't allowing me to like step off of that bullshit. But in the past... I didn't feel like that about other people. I always just felt like, oh, well, I'm going to prove to them that I'm right and that they're wrong. So that's the end of that. So, yeah, doing it like that doesn't necessarily make anyone wrong or right. It's just a great way to start conversation. So what would you say for us, since that is our worst, what would you say is the best for us on the flip side? Definitely one of our worst. Uh, One of our (laughs) better qualities as far as, uh, you know, a couple is um, our ability to show discipline in keeping our private matters or our things that we have like argue things that we like that we're arguing about behind closed doors mm. we 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 actively try to resolve those matters amongst ourselves like in private um you know there are people that when they get you know when they're in relationships and something happens those things need to be addressed right then and there. You know, the emotions, they come right up and some people don't know how to control those emotions and it just comes out. Wherever they are, whoever it may be in front of them, you know, I think we all know someone at some point in our life that's just gotten into like a full-on show with with their partner in front of everybody. And so we have shown very strong discipline in that department. Yeah. And, um, Thanks. I will say a couple slipped through. Yeah, I mean, listen, nobody's perfect, right? But I think <laughs> but that, overall. that yeah, that really adds to the oh, they never argue. You know, they're never mad at each other. They're perfect. They love each other because you don't ever see you don't ever see the arguing. You don't ever, doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. You just don't see it. 
And so the the fact that we are able to have this discipline where we agree mutually as a couple that we're not going to do this in public. We know that's like our no-go zone, right? Yeah. Um, funny enough, right? It, it's actually her no-go zone that I just follow. I was going to say I'm that. I'm going to give credit where credit's due, right? I'm not going to sit here and try to like take full credit like, you know, we were here on that, right? No, that was her thing. I eventually agreed that it was a very good idea and healthy for our relationship. So then, I, you know, I followed suit. But so we have this agreement where we do not address issues that we have in public. Let's just say I do some dumb shit. Um, and, you know, like, I don't know. We're at a guest house and I just, I just do something out of line. She won't talk to me about it then and there. Some couples will, you know, they'll have it. You know, you might catch them in a corner or somewhere in that, in that same place arguing about what just happened. She won't do it. She'll wait till we get home. We talk about it in private. We may get into an argue by, argument about it in private. Who knows what, what comes of it? But we we discuss it and we settle it in private. And the the benefit of that is that it shows an immense amount of discipline. And it shows an immense amount of emotional control mm -hmm. between two people. Um, you know, because personal matters can get intense. And the last thing you want to do is to get intense in front of other people. You know, you don't want to, you know, displaying the inability to control yourself just says a lot about your relationship and it gives the people the ability to prejudge. So, you know, practicing keeping those matters behind closed doors gives the illusion that things are perfect. But in reality, they kind of are because you have the respect for one another to talk to these things, talk about these things in the proper place and in the proper setting. Yeah, I will say that that was actually something that actually like grew a fear in me because we had such emotional like restraint when it came to not blowing up in public or you know having a all-out argument in public because it gave heavily that perception that we were like the perfect couple and I used to when people would say to me I would be like no we like we get into it yeah. like all the time it's just um I just remember growing up and seeing people argue in the street, my parents, and it was such an embarrassing feeling. And it also made me feel so uncomfortable as a child. So I know that since it made me feel uncomfortable, I never want to apply that feeling to people who we surround ourselves with. I never want to make them feel uncomfortable like Lord, I don't want to be around these people because they don't know how to conduct themselves. Yeah. They don't know how to control themselves. I never want that to be the conversation, especially with the people that we love and we cherish yeah. in, in our lives. So what I want to ask you is when it comes to this emotional discipline, why do you think I mean, you kind of you kind of like inkling to it a little bit but why do you think that we chose to have this like mutual agreement that that was important to us well you know for me i, I i'm speaking for myself here i eventually realized that going about these things the way that i was going about them which was which was just dealing with them right then and there right there was no we're not gonna talk about this later we're gonna talk about this right now mm. It opened up the it opened up the possibility for things to happen that one necessarily couldn't take back. You know, uh, when you when you act these things out in public, it's almost like putting it out on the Internet. Right. It's out there forever. World star. World star. <laughs> so like, you know, just imagine. Just think about it like that. Right. You're 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 putting something out there for people to see. 
and people people remember people talk about it to other people and then once it's out there it's it's very hard to to undo to wipe that stain away to wipe that stain away and so when you're when you're acting emotionally and potentially saying things that are coming from the heart you may say or do something that you don't necessarily mean you just felt or acting out of pain and when you embarrass someone that you're with your partner people don't like to be embarrassed and so these things are very hard to undo now showing the discipline and the respect for your partner not to not to hash this out right in, right then and there as if it can't wait um can create a situation where you might not be able to get yourself out of so I, you know for me that became very important because i realized that in our relationship i realized that you weren't like that and i was and i realized at some point if i kept going about things the way that i were i was you were going to cease to communicate with me because i wasn't communicating with you the way that you would like to be communicated with yeah that was a scary time for me when i was trying to kind of navigate that with you because I was so in love with you at that point, like in the like the newer part of our relationship. And it was a scary place to embark on because I was afraid that if I pushed a little too hard that I was going to push you away. Yeah. But I had to remind myself of my boundaries. And my boundaries were, you can't disrespect me in public. You can't disrespect me at yeah. home either. But for to allow people to see into our relationship and the way that they're seeing us is that I'm being disrespected by my partner. That was a yeah. huge no-go zone for me, like you said. So it was a scary time for me because I was afraid that you were just going to be like how a lot of people would respond. Well, this is how I am. Yeah. And this is the way that I do things. And if you don't like it, then you can kick rocks. Which I'm sure happens a lot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you're the type of person that is like I was... Just know that I changed, and for me, it was for the better. So if if you're ever in a moment and you're self-reflecting on something that, fuck, I shouldn't have said that, or damn, you know, like, maybe I shouldn't have said that the way that I said, um, and said it in the environment that I said it, it may be, that may be a sign that you might want to start considering trying to settle your differences behind closed doors. Mm. So, uh keeping the the conversation going on like communication mm -hmm. and um the way that you and i communicate with each other one of i would say this is my worst i would say it's i'm gonna own this um there are many times when Evo and I have arguments or disagreements or we're just having a conversation about something that has a difference of opinion and i will interrupt him several times in that conversation and then it does something to him that then becomes his worst but it's being it's a trigger somewhat yeah. for him so well she interrupts me like mid-sentence like it's it's yeah. it's and it's like a habitual thing and it's something that i'm actively working on i would say that i've gotten a lot better prime example a conversation that we had earlier today i just let him talk and then later on that day he said to me wow it felt just really good to talk to you and I know that there are many moments I strive, but there are a lot of moments where I fail, where I just feel like I need to get my point across. And it's such a horrible way of communicating with your partner. So then what happens is when I do this to evil repeatedly, he then fucking turns into the Hulk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I, don't have a, I have a short temperament for that. But I, it's because so it on like uh, on the opposite end of that, I'm a good listener. 
And oh so, my god! And so, so when we're when we're talking, I'm like I'm all ears for her. She really gets to like let it out and yeah. say what it is that she's feeling, and <laughs> you know get her whole thought across. And I'm just like, mm-hmm, uh-huh, okay, I'm a mental note of that. I'm gonna talk about that in a minute. We'll circle back around to that. Oh, I want to definitely want to say something about that. And that's just all going on in my head. And so when she's done, I'm like, all right, so that's interesting, right? And then I'll just kind of regurgitate what she said and blah blah blah, and kind of make my comments on it. And I so you know what I think, right? And then I'll just get like slightly into what it is that I, I want to say, and boom, like. She just has to uh, when she, when she has a thought on something. When she has a thought on something, she needs to like address it right then and there. You know, it's it's uh, it's been always been a challenge for her mm-hmm. to hang on to that and really like let the whole statement come out and maybe you know address that and maybe some other things if those need to be addressed as well. So there's actually been times where I've had to sit on like let's say we're having a conversation i've actually had to sit with my phone out and take notes on what it is that i want to say because my thoughts come in that quickly and it's it's definitely how my brain works i get these ideas i get these like bullet points in my brain and i just want to spew them out so quickly and i have a really bad habit of interrupting you and it's such a poor way to communicate because i'm not allowing evo to say what it is that he needs to say and i go sometimes as far as to ask him a question and while he's answering the question i then interject now not allowing him to finish the answer that i'm looking for because i'm i'm starting to feel like the answer that you're giving me is not what i want to hear and then he realizes what's happening and he gets very upset and i would say that you get very explosive um which i do think is rightfully yeah well it's after a couple of yeah. it's, it's after a couple of warnings right like i'll <laughs> i'll say hey listen can i talk please you know or hey, you're, so cut, you're cutting me off like can you let me speak you know and she'll, she'll okay yeah, you're right you're right and she'll acknowledge me like three or four times and then like it's just the emotions are high and like you know she's really yeah. trying to be respectful but at the same time she's got a lot she wants to say and it what she wants to say always takes over and, and not always right but in the most cases it takes over and then i just get angry and just, then because you know we're not we're not being respectful evo likes to say he has a saying what's the saying about your zodiac sign uh you the saying about are you well you mess with the bull you get the horns yeah, yeah so, so i keep poking at the bull and i get the horns and like i said evil turns into the hulk and it just turns into you know yelling and screaming and then i then turn into this like why are you screaming at me (laughs) yo let me tell you yo you you have got like the only method of just like turning that whole thing around like i'm bad guy right and it it, it typically works right because (laughs) it does right because ultimately i lose my cool right like yeah you know like and it's in it's in the worst way like right she loses her she loses her control and her ability to be respectful in the conversation by letting me speak, right? But I lose emotional control at some point. And then yeah. it's just like, you know, I just, in my mind, is like, okay, you're not respecting me. I'm not going to respect you anymore. Like, you're really going to... he, he fucked, puts the fucking foot on the gas yeah, and he goes... This is a la fuck it. That's, that's what it is. I fuck everything. My, that's my that's my dad saying, right? I get that from my dad. He'd just be like, fuck it, fuck everything. Fuck <laughs> motherfuck you. And so, you know, I'm about to bleep all this stuff out later, but... Yeah. Um, it was, it was actually... Um, I remember the first couple times I saw it because it was very reminiscent of my dad. And that was something that your dad and my dad share is that's this explosive behavior of, you know, being like, F it all when yeah. something wasn't going the way that they wanted. And I think, again, you and I are such hard headed, stubborn people that when you do that to me, 
I then go into this like a reverse mode where I'm just like, well, why are you yelling? You're not, you don't know how to behave. And then we just start going head to head. And then maybe then we walk away from it and give each other the silent treatment. It's like this vicious cycle that we have gone through. But I would say that we, it's something that we actively work on. There are many moments that I don't, I practice listening as best as I can because I know that I'm not good at it and I know how important it is to him and it's important to Evo for the right reasons it's because that we, we are trying to communicate to each other so if I'm not allowing him to communicate his message and we're to not me, communicating then we're not communicating, we're not communicating. so um I feel like as I'm saying it, it sounds so beautiful it's like a painting but it's really difficult for us at times and I think what this podcast actually helps me be a better listener because there's many moments I have to pause and let you yeah. say. And we have some really great conversations from that. So I had this to reflect upon. You know what is helpful? So, I mean, I wasn't always a great listener. I'm not going to sit here and act like, you know, I woke up like this. <laughs> but um, one thing that I noticed that helped me, and I don't know if this may be helpful for you, mm. but as I, as I realized that, there were moments where I, in a conversation, I would really tune in. I would find myself like hyper listening to what it is the person was saying. I noticed that every time that happened, I wasn't looking at the person. Hmm. And so what I developed was this habit of like when I speak to someone, I don't look at them. Uh, and when I t by taking my eyes off them, I eliminate the visual input of having to process what it is that they're saying. It's almost like I cut off a sense you know, I cut off one of my senses and I heighten my hearing sense by by not looking at them. I tune in more to the words that they're saying and they really resonate for me when I'm doing that because I'm not having to process what they're saying and what it is that they're doing visually at the same time. So, you know what that sounds like? My favorite moral character, Daredevil, because he's yes. blind and he has hyper he has hyper sensitive yes. hearing. So, um, and he's able to hear things from like so far away, but you know, he's, yeah. he's my favorite. He's so as, so I, as you said that, yeah. I was like, that's, I, I can, I can see that. Literally, that's kind of what it is. I yeah. mean, I, I intentionally do that in a conversation. And when I notice that, like, I really want to hear what this person is saying, I purposely look away. And I've even said it to people too. I said, look, I'm going to look away for a second. Don't be insulted. I'm actually listening. It actually helps me listen a lot better when I, when I just listen and I don't look. This is why so many times I've told Evil that I thought he needed to go into some sort of field where he was giving therapy to people because I think he's such a fantastic listener and has and gives great advice. Um, but he, I just like to do it for fun for now. So like, yeah. I, I don't know, I don't know how, it would, I don't know how it would work out if I went into a profession. You probably, you're probably right. You probably, you know, you 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 are right a lot of the times about a lot of things, yeah. you know. So, um, but I just, you know, it happens when it feels organic. So I don't know. So what would you say? Um, so I gave our worst. It's me being a fucking interrupting, um, interrupting pain in the ass, and then evil turning Gina, into be like Star and Buck Wild from the <laughs> yeah. Morning Show with the axe. Cut like, that man's mic <laughs> off. Um, and then evil turns into the fucking Hulk. And I think about Bruce Banner when uh, Mark Ruffalo is playing him and uh, Iron Man turns to him and he's like, I missed you, green guy. Can you come out? And Mark Ruffalo is like, oh, he's like, and it's like the Hulk is like popping out of his neck just a little bit. That's what I yeah. think about when I, because you, I know that you're the struggling. Vein, in the vein I <laughs> but what would you say the flip side um, is to that for us? Uh, on a communication note, uh, I think that being able to communicate with one another beyond a couple is one of our best assets. What do you mean beyond a couple? Uh, I mean like on a friendship level. 
Oh, yeah. Like when I called you this morning and I fucking yeah. chit-chatted with you like my girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, you know, so like, you know, there's, there's, there's having a relationship with your significant other in the sense of where they're your significant other. And, you know, that's someone who you're attracted to and you love them and you care about them and you're affectionate with them physically and emotionally and it's it's very um it's very one-sided mm-hmm. and it's not the same as having um like a friendship with your friend i think i believe that with your friend you know conversations are more honest they're more genuine they're more personal they're more in depth they're more trusting and so uh, you know Along with our relationship, we also have what I would like to, what I call as a friendship. Yeah, you know, and we sure. you are, I tell you all the time that yeah. you're my best friend. We've we built a trust between each other that is so vast. Um, it's de- it's it's developed what I would call a friendship relationship at the same time. Yeah, and so I think that that's super important because at the end of the day, you can only be a couple. For so much amount of time in your relationship, yeah. you know, at the, then there, then there's this point in your relationship where you're just existing with one another, and you're kind of like just going through the motions of being in each other's spaces. So there's an opportunity there to become friends, you know, where it's not sexual, where it's not, you know, intimate, intimate, and where it's not um, loving and all this stuff. It's just two people kicking it, being honest and open with each other and themselves, and having some of the deepest laughs and just clowning and. All these things that are just fun to do with a friend, you know. Yeah. I think that when you stack that with a relationship, you got something that's truly special. And I think that we have that. I yeah. mean, I don't even think that we have it. I know that we have yeah. that. And I think it's one of our best assets. Why do you think that I'm so willing to have these deep friendship-like conversations with you what do you think it is about you and our relationship that allows me to do that because you know i don't i'm not like that with just anybody um i've made it i've made it a point to make you feel like that you can do and say anything in front of me i've tried to create an environment where you're not fearful to speak about what it is that you feel or what it is that you want to say um and it's not something that's been perfect, but it's something that I've actively tried to do. I would also like to add that you always make me feel like I'm going, to, I'm stepping into a conversation with you on a friendship basis. It's like a judgment-free zone. Well, that's exactly what it is, right? So I, 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 something that I do when we do talk, and when you, I feel like you're gonna tell me something that you want to tell me, but you like you want to tell Evo, you don't want to tell your husband. Like you want, you know what I mean? Like no, I know exactly. Yeah. What you so mean. like, so like, there's there's a moment where you want to speak to the person in front of you, and if that person is your spouse, you may not want to speak to your spouse at the moment. You want to speak to that person as if they weren't your spouse because you want somebody to talk to. And I, I can't say this is this, this you know this works for everybody, but I, I'm you know I'm able to just kind of set my feelings aside, um, and just give that person my undivided attention and um, and an unbiased ear and opinion. And if she says something that, as a husband, I would really get upset about, um, I would make it a point to understand that she just needed somebody to listen to her in that moment. And I can't act that way. I can't make her feel that, you know, she couldn't speak to me in a way where I wasn't going to act as her husband. Um, So, And just so you know, I really needed that in a relationship because I 
really didn't confide in anybody. Yeah. Um, except for maybe like two of my very closest friends that I've been friends with for like 30 plus years. But there are even things that they don't know about me that I know that you know. Yeah. And you've always made me feel like it was a safe space. What I want to ask you this, and I'm not, I'm not sure if you can answer this, but I'm, maybe you could give us some insight. How is it that you feel that you are able to do that? Like, what allows you to do that with somebody? Because I don't think that, like you said, there are many people that can't give that, you know, yeah. unconditional, un, you know, unbiased ear to their partner how is it that you think that you're able to do that um so as a young as a young boy uh i i was faced with this moment in my life where i had to set my personal feelings aside about something and really take a step back and embrace what was in front of me aside from what it is that i was personally feeling and when I, once I came out of that, I was able to look back and say, wow, like that was really powerful what I did there. Hmm. And so any opportunity that I ever, that I, it allowed me to look at something without being clouded by my own emotions. And setting my emotions aside gave me a whole different perspective on what it is that was in front of me and gave me a whole different set of feelings. It was almost like, how, how can I explain this? Imagine you being mad at something, right? And you, you know, you for one moment you could you if you could just take your your anger and your emotions and set it aside and then just look at it, look at your, what the situation in front of you. How do you think that you would handle that that situation at that moment without the anger? Would you come up with with a solution? Would you be able to avoid it? Would you be able to embrace it? You know, there's so many things that that are that are capable that are that are able there's so many possibilities that can happen without being clouded by you know personal emotions mm. and so and i'm and i'm saying this now that i've had years and decades to process it and actually realize what it was but it just organically that's just what happened to me at that age and it wasn't until i was able to look back at it and say wow there's something there and i need to be able to try to do that as much as possible so are you willing to share what that moment was yeah absolutely uh, so when I was about seven years old, I was in the Dominican Republic where I had get, I got sent there um, and I ended up spending seven years there. So at that point in time, I was about two years in of the mm -hmm. seven years. And I didn't know why I didn't fully understand why I went there. Um, I had a very good life before I went there. And I just want to add that you were without your mother and father. Yeah, you, I, you were sent there to yeah, live I was with separated, your parents. I was separated from my parents. My parents, they, they separated, and then my mom sent me to Dominican Republic to go live with my family. I, didn't, I was too young to fully understand the scope of what was going on, but I had a very good life here in the States, and I went to go live somewhere where it was a lesser quality of life. It wasn't a bad quality of life by no means whatsoever. As a matter of fact, for the quality of life up there where I was living, it was an excellent quality of life. Mm. But comparatively speaking to what I was living here in the States, it was a culture shock. Wow. And that's just putting it lightly. And you didn't even know that you were being sent to live there. No, I did not know I was being sent to live there. And I didn't. I, and when I went there, I knew three words of, of Spanish. So it, when I say culture shock, it was culture shock. So I spent the better part of two years angry 
and with anxiety and expecting my mother to just come show up one day and come and get me right i Mm. I just was every day i woke up like all right this is the day i'm gonna go home this is the day i'm gonna go home and soon enough i realized that this is not gonna happen and what ended up what i ended up doing was building up this anger and resentment and i was starting to like kind of like go get homesick and like get crazy but simultaneously what was happening was that i was experiencing a lot of beautiful moments where i was you know i would have these brief periods of like friendship and happiness and beautiful weather and like and so it was like and then one day i just realized i said to myself i said you know either i let go of this thing that i'm holding on to or i'm gonna go nuts i just either let it go and forget about it and embrace the beauty that i see that's in front of me now and so i set my feelings aside and was able to evaluate my life in that moment of what i was looking what i was potentially looking to go to and what was in front of me and looking at it clearly without my emotions in the way the choice was clear i just needed to forget about you know the pain and the hurt so the ability to let that go in that moment was something that i just i harnessed in the future yeah. So when I sit down in front of you and you say, I need to talk to you, I take my personal feelings and immediately I just let them go. And I just try to give you the or anybody an unbiased person because I just know how important that is and how important that is for my visual observation. I think it's so amazing that these personality traits that are born from this like traumatic experience that you went through and it turns into like this beautiful thing where me on the flip side, I had some similar traumatic experiences in my childhood that developed something very toxic in me. And I'm going to switch gears a little bit, but that is going to be our next. Well, I'll start off with my one of my worst uh traits is I sometimes can become hyper independent and that comes from the world that I was brought up in where I was neglected as a child so I then learned to solely rely on myself and why I consider that a toxic trait is because when you're married and you consider this person to be your partner this is the person that you're supposed to be sharing your life with and you shouldn't be afraid to look for help and why it's even more toxic than just the behavior is because I sometimes will implement this when we've had a disagreement or an argument and I don't want to I don't want myself to feel like I need you so then I revert back to this old Gina where I'm just like I don't need you for anything I'm gonna do everything by myself and I actually did this recently Um, you and I got into something and then I remember we were, and I did it on a small scale, but I remember doing it and then we laughed about it the next day because we talked that, we wind up talking that night about it. At this point, you're able to, you're able to recognize when it's happening. Yeah. So (laughs) it was funny because the next day you were like, um, you were so cute. And I was like, what do you mean? You were like, yeah, when we went to the restaurant the other night and I and I said, because yeah. I decided to drive, you you got in the car. Typically and were, I drive. Right? Yeah, and you were like, you want me to drive? I was like, no, no, I'm driving. And then when we got to the restaurant, there wasn't like a lot of parking. And, he, and typically was, what I'll do is I'll drop her off at the front and I'll go find parking. Yeah, like a gentleman. Yeah. And Eva was like, uh, Gina, let me park the car. I was like, no. no. I'm parking. <laughs> I'm parking the car. <laughs> and I found the tightest ass power parking spot to get into. And then I got into the spot 
like a glove. And she did. I well, cause I'm a good driver, but um, generally I like to, you know, I love the chivalry part of our relationship. Yeah. I love you dropping me off, but that is, that's on a small scale of my hyper independence. But even in the beginning of our relationship, I didn't like want you like spending money on me. I didn't, um, you know, we would go out and I would pay for my own things. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't. It took a long time for yeah. Evil to be like, hey, I got this. I got this. Yeah, and. I actually kind of want to pamper you a little bit. And I was just like, I don't know about that. But, you know, I'm far from that now. I, I really do. I really love it all. <laughs> sometimes I think I actually take it a little too far yeah, now. Sometimes right? I feel like I, I, went, I went too far. <laughs> like, and then on the flip side of that is Evo's toxic trait. Um, and Evo's worst behavior is Evo's inability to ask for help. Because yeah. Evo is very much like, I'm the man, I'm supposed to take care of the house, I'm supposed to do things. So one of my immediate thoughts of how sometimes this comes into play was when you had COVID and you were sick and you would be like, hey, honey, can you bring me something to eat? And I would be like, yeah, sure, what do you want? And I'd ask you, and I think by the third day, you weren't communicating with Mila. And I was like, hey, are you all right? Like, do you want, and you're like, no, I just feel really bad asking you. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You have COVID, you are sick. I got this. Yeah, I, did, I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't feel like that. Um, I felt like I was imposing on you by, um, by constantly asking you to do stuff. I knew that, I, in my mind, I'm like, she's got a lot to handle already. She's got the house, she's got the kids, you know, she's got this. I just need to be self-sufficient enough so that... And know, this man is literally upstairs dying of COVID. Yeah, and and I'm, I'm like, I'm what are you be, talking I'm about? I'm trying to be self-sufficient. Um, and there's there's so many other examples I could share of times that I know that you need the help and you won't ask for it because yeah. you just like to feel like you got it all and you have it all under control because I guess somewhat you go into this hyper-independence when it comes to, you know, I'm the man of the house thing. I mean, yeah, it, it comes from my dad. He just... um Man, yo, your father got a hold on you, huh? Well, I mean, when I... When <laughs> Not it, in a bad way. When right? I... Listen, when I reflect when I reflect on what it is to be a father and, and a husband, um, there's parts of him that I admired and I, you know, look forward to being able to fill those shoes, you know? Mm. And those were some of the things. I mean, he was just so much of a provider and he had so much abundance to give that I valued that in him. You know, I admired that in him. And I always wanted to um, I always wanted to exude that type of type of persona. I always think it's so interesting when you share these, like the way that you grew as a young man based on the examples that your father set and i'm the polar opposite i watch my dad be kind of the same way i watch him be like this uber provider yeah. but then that grew something in me where i never wanted to be dependent on a man so then we got together and you were just like i want to be this provider and i'm like i don't like, need I don't you want that <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird but then you know like yeah. we've obviously we've worked that out I, yeah we, i've created a space for you to feel safe in and so then you finally let your hair down see but that that's the key word it's the safety it's yeah. always about the safety there's even times where i like want to take a nap because i had a really traumatic experience when i was younger where someone actually tried to rob our well they, they did. They, they, they broke in. They broke into our apartment and came through the window. I was about seven, eight years old, and I remember it was like one of the scariest Tina moments got of my life. got thrown into the closet like some dirty laundry. Yeah, and um, it was like my mom. Not mama to make a joke. Yeah, about it, I know, but my mom was trying to keep me safe, and because of that experience, I have sometimes a hard time falling asleep, especially like if wherever I am is close to the door or like close to a window. 
So there's many times I ask evil to lay with me just to make me feel safe. Um, but because you make me feel like that, this is why I'm able to do all of these things yeah. with you. This is why I'm able to have these deep conversations. Literally with this you. afternoon, I had to sit next to her and hold her hand while she took a nap. Just I was so you're really <laughs> tired. I've been getting up really are, early for work. It is in the middle of the day. There's a bunch of people home. Kids are home. You know, like there's boy. You know, one like, of the kids' girlfriends home. I'm just like 20 minutes. And, and, but and, and in all honesty, if I wouldn't have sat there with her, it would have took her like an hour and a half to fall asleep. But because or, I, or I would have never yeah, went to sleep because I sat with her within like 10 minutes. She was out. Yeah, and he put on this really cute chimp, chimpanzee um thing, yeah. and I was just like, oh, they're so. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so lastly, what is the like? What is the flip side of uh, that? Are you sure we kind of overextended? Yeah, no, things. we're fine. We're uh, fine. We I, we we go like another ten. I'll keep it short then. Yeah. Um, so the last thing I think that is a uh, is one of our strong qualities is working as a team uh, to support one another. Yeah, we are pretty good at that. Yeah, I think that you know, so it's 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 the whole idea of we're a unit. One is not superior over the other. Um, we manage our relationship in a way where we're very willing to swap roles if need be mm. whatever whatever is fitting for the situation we kind of like morph into and and try to like uh slide into that as best as possible as a couple and so throughout our relationship we have not been shy of completely swapping roles where as to where you know work schedules have maybe have changed job maybe jobs have changed where you know one job is more demanding than the other so you know she can't hold down the responsibilities that she was holding down due to time constrictions and so she needs to focus on work and i tell her listen i got you i got you as best as possible as i can go do what it is that you got to do and i'm gonna hold this down and vice and when he means hold it down he means cleaning yeah. cooking yeah. rearing children whatever uh, whatever errands, I can do. If, all I'm, that. if i'm home i got it plus his stuff yeah plus my stuff you know and and vice versa right so like mm -hmm. and then you know, years go by where, you know, again, career changes and she's home more, you know, and then she's like, oh, listen, I got the house. You go ahead and focus on work. And it's like, OK, boom. You know, there's been times where I'm not feeling well for a week. You know, well, thankfully, those those years are long and gone. But, you know, if I ever got sick, you know, like she, Gina might be outside doing the yard work, you know, um, and listen, I was picking those sticks yesterday. Yeah. So like and so I think that that is working as a team. Right. I'm sure that that there are people out there that. As a couple, they're saying, no, that's that person's responsibility. If they can't tend to it, then that's not my problem. Oh, you yeah. Know? No. Or that's, that's going to stay like that until that person can get to it. What's that saying? Teamwork makes a dream work. Teamwork makes a dream work. Yeah. So I think we're, that we're great at that. Yeah. Um, and it, we don't have any problems picking each other's, picking up each other's responsibilities if they need to be picked up. No. And you know? I would say that we had a really great breakthrough during the pandemic because I can be... Um, I can be sometimes hard to work with because I kind of like things done my way. What? And, and kind of. I was going to say. Kind of. All right. Listen, Gee. I said we had a breakthrough, okay? <laughs> I can't help it. It's the manager in me. I've managed a lot in my life, um, l you know, large groups of people. Now we're getting down to the truth. So uh, it's kind of hard for me to not to manage something. And sometimes I'm micromanaging it, right? But uh, we had a breakthrough during the pandemic where we were able to do a lot of things around the house. And I said to myself... I need to let this man do what it is the way that he thinks it should be done because in the end, if it ain't done the way that he thinks it should be done and it comes out wrong, yeah, he's just going to have to fix it. So let me just let this go. And I did it once. I did it twice. I did it so many times. And now I'm just like, okay, that's how you want to do it? Great. Have a fun time with that. I'll, yeah. I'll see you later. Cause it'll there are some times I may say, hey, listen, I've done this in the past. 
this works really great but it's not how it used to be where i'm just like whoa what don't even do that are you you know i wouldn't even allow you i don't want to say allow but i would make it very difficult you would want to make sure that you imposed your way of doing (laughs) it because you knew that that way was effective right yeah but not allowing me to work in a way where i was able to work my best and in the end show you that that you know the way that i can do it works as well um it, that was a breakthrough moment when you were able to say to say to yourself you know what i just need to see how this is going to pan out and then it wasn't until you saw it as when it was over like when it was completed that you were like yeah all right that actually worked out and now i realize that evil doesn't have the most orthodox way orthodox way of doing things but they do work well Yes. And so we need to trust the process. Yeah, and trust so the process. There was a there was a little like a, a building trusting that went there, and so now we. Meanwhile, this is like twenty years into the relationship. Yeah, we're, what, just, we're just we're just now building trust. Scratching the surface on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it has a lot to do with owning a home because yeah. renting we didn't have to worry about as many things yeah, as we we're do doing now. Some housework. So, so it's different now. Yeah. So that comes into play. But yeah, I think it's really funny that's so later on in the relationship. So let's go on to the cards. All this right. is the way we like to end our episode. We pull a card i'm you pull first this time i, I went think, first last time did you yeah, I did. okay fine i think i went with a green card all right uh, i'm gonna take this blue one and blue is blue 42 uh blue is relationship okay mm, like we, <laughs> some more relationship for you oh uh I feel like is it deep is no it deep? i feel is, like is you gonna cut me no i feel like you answered that i'm gonna okay. take another blue excuse one. me man oh. Okay. Uh, oh, describe a situation where you lost trust in someone close to you. Describe a situation where I lost trust in someone close, close to, to you. Me. And I guess that could mean anybody, you know, yeah. anybody close, friend, family, partner. Damn, the betrayal. Mm, so much of it. Um,. All right. So there was this one, this one time I lost a really close friend for a long time because of this. Um, so I was, I was working somewhere and, um, I got it. I ended up getting a connection to somebody who had some of the products where I was working at, at a discount. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started buying these products and selling it on the side to make extra money. And I remember one day my brother was like, yo, can you, you know, can you hook me up? So I was like, yeah, sure. So I got, a, you know, a, f- a few items and I went to my, I went to my friend's house and I brought it to him and like, you know, um, my brother showed up and like I had all the stuff there. So I gave my brother his and I just charged my brother what I, what I paid for it. Cause that's my brother. And then I, you know, I, I got one for my friend and, you know, I charged, I, li- I think I literally charged him like 10 extra dollars because he was like my best friend at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was, and I was doing, I was doing well, so I didn't get any of the money, but it was just like for principal purposes, mm-hmm. you know, like my mm-hmm. brother gets, a, you know, you, my brother gets special pricing. He's my brother. Yeah. Right. And then you're like my best friend. So like, you know, you're not my brother, but I still got you and it's still a hookup. But for some reason he felt insulted that mm-hmm. I was charging him ten dollars $10 more like it was literally like just for the principal like just for the principality of it mm. and you know is that even a word principality i, feel I like don't I know what guy movie, right? go with it so it was just for the principality of it right please don't come for me people or let me know if that is a word and we got into this big argument 
And I just, I was so beside myself, like, bro, I can't believe that you're like tripping on me over ten dollars. Like, mm -hmm. I thought that we were, and I was so blown away that our friendship was becoming under question for ten dollars. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of this, it all of a sudden, like, it was a part of him came out that I, I guess I didn't necessarily see before, and it ended our friendship for years. And we were like this, man. I mean, talking about like, Damn. you want know, talking about like this was day in and day out. This was my dog. And we didn't speak for a very long time, so yeah. All right. That was a tough one. Uh, let's go with the the purple, purple, purple. <laughs> All right. Ooh, that was loud. Sorry. Um, wow. When do you feel the most insecure? When do I feel the most insecure? Yeah, into the mic, please. Um. So the people in the back can hear you. when i'm stepping on set for my job and it's i'm working with like a new company for the first time and i have to show them what i'm made of like right away even though i have so much experience behind me they only know me based on referral so i i feel like i always have to prove myself so i always feel the most insecure Yes. Um, when I'm stepping into these spaces and there are many times that I'm like maybe one of the people of color, not uh, very few. So it, it even adds to the level of insecurity. So, yeah, that's when I feel the most insecure. And sometimes when I go on the beach with a bathing suit, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm I'm that's something I work on. But. And that is a shocking truth because I and, and I and I and you know this about and me. I say this shockingly because I can't recall out of okay out of the, the 20 years that we've been together i may be able to recall two times that you didn't have a you know like a like a the, your expected results at work because for whatever reason mm -hmm. and so and outside of that you know like you've developed so many great relationships and so many people love you and and yeah you know so but and every time you start a new job with a client that you've never been with you just have this level of anxiety oh that my god i just had one a couple of weeks ago i was doing a photo shoot with a couple that i've never worked with before that they found me through this like network and i was like i don't know and matter of fact she, not only did they love me and send me this beautiful email afterwards thanking me and telling me how excited they are for like the photos the wife actually texted me today and was like hey you remember that product you used we yeah. loved it so much what was it and like how are you i was like oh my god um so yeah that's when i feel the most insecure and it, that's probably never gonna go away but fuck it you know such is life because it kind of gives me that fight or flight thing where i'm just like i'm gonna do the damn thing can't cancel you know? reality right but yeah so um that actually brings us to the end of the episode we actually went a little bit longer than we usually do which is totally fine yeah. so until next week on sh mm. Ooh, I slipped there <laughs> it's i had a little vino so until Take next week on spark talk fridays where we are creating conversations about life ladies and gentlemen peace out peace out